Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. Loudly declaring the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For we are wasting here, waiting for his cleansing return, because the end is where we begin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the Entire Tribune. It's March the 24th, 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, March Madness is on. The Dow is on the brink of logging its ugliest March losses in nearly 40 years. As published, ladies and gentlemen, just this week describing the events on the stock market. It has been a brutal stretch for U.S. equities. The U.S. Uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average and the broad market S&P 500 are looking at an unusually unsightly march amid a rise of volatility and heightened concerns about what, ladies and gentlemen? I ask, trade wars. The blue chip average is on the verge of putting its worst march since 1980 when it declined 8.97% according to the Wall Street Journal Market Data Group. The Dow is down 1.77, is presently down 5.98 or 1,496 points. Meanwhile, the S&P index is down negative 2.10, and it is on pace to be the worst March in 17 years since a 6.4 March decline in 2001. The index has shed 125.57 points, or 4.63% so far. The awful slump for equities comes as investors wrestled with import tariffs announced by President Donald Trump's administration on China and jitters around the Federal Reserve's ability to avoid pushing the economy into a recession as it normalizes monetary policy from crisis-era levels against a backdrop of fiscal stimulus. That risk overheating an economy that is in its ninth year of expansion. Year of expansion. Ladies and gentlemen, March Madness is truly on. It's truly on. As people that, uh, well, falsely said that the rapture was going to happen when? Ah, yes, back in September. Well, they have uh, picked up their game as of March 14th, 
They're back into the game of, well, cunningly devised fables. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm tell you I'm I'm here to tell you that he's coming and he's going to interrupt your party. Just so you all know, avoid people that talk funny. Especially when they're reading the scripture in a video and they start saying funny things like uh Yahuwah the Elohim of Israel. Avoid them, ladies and gentlemen. A Christian doesn't talk funny. And just so everybody knows, um, the closest that you could come to pronouncing the name of the Lord your God is Samaritan, and the whole planet knows it. Except these false teachers, of course. But, you know, Daniel chapter 7 makes it perfectly clear that he who sitteth upon the throne is coming, and he's going to segregate you for times, times, and a half of time. And that's what he said. And that's what you need to start believing. Because if you don't, boy, are you in for one rude awakening. Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. It's good to be with you this week. It is amazing what's transpired here over the past several days this Ides of March. I've got one for you. That's probably going to kick you in the teeth. Um, I'm going to take you by surprise, actually, because I'm going to just give you simple math about just how much trouble you very well may be in. But let's get everybody in the saddle. Clinton, how has your week went, and uh, what's been catching your eye in the news this week? You know, it's been uh, it's been a good week, and I, I just want to say this. You know, it's it's been one of those to where, um, you know, you want to focus on what's positive. And, and it, you know, watching everything, I mean, we talked about last week how everything is, is ramping up and, and getting more and more uh, aggressive in everything that's going on. And this week was no different. But, but what I've been trying to focus on is, is remembering that these things need to come to pass these things are going to come to pass, and we are all in this together. I mean, there's, there's no one that is exempt from what is coming because we are all going to see this. We're all going to see it transpire. And, and so what I've been trying to focus on this week is, is enjoying the goodness of what this life can bring and, and trying to just see the positive of it. Well, it's kind of surprising you would put it that way uh ladies and gentlemen let's let's let the rubber hit the road okay i kept looking and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until what oh ladies and gentlemen you've been following Bad shepherds for so long. That is just adding sauce for the savor of this cunningly devised fable they've tricked you into believing. What does it say next? I mean, look, Clinton just told you the truth. Uh, Now, I'll read it again. I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until – that's right, ladies and gentlemen – until the great day of Hugh sitteth upon the throne, the next first, until the Ancient of Days came. And judgment was passed into favor of the saints, the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. All you have to do is keep reading. And he explains himself the time duration between when he comes, when he arrives, and they take possession of the kingdom. You just have to keep reading. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you only have to read five more verses. 
I mean, there's little golden books longer than the next five verses if you just keep reading because he explains himself perfectly. Hey, matter of fact, there's there's no other way he could explain himself, what he just said. <clears throat> and it just amazes me that you won't do it. How can you forget that he just said that he's going to be in the process of waging war with you because you're not going anywhere? Why does he use the term Ancient of Days only in this chapter? Third time's a charm. Why is that? Do you know? Have you heard? Do you even realize I just gave you a direct reference to Isaiah? That's what bothers me still. You really don't know, do you? Ladies and gentlemen, I suggest you track down those next five verses and just at least try reading them and believing them before you start looking at the words. Try believing it before you read it. I don't know. Maybe that'll help. The Lord your God is coming. You know, I got one for you. I pulled up the International Greenwich Time Calculator. It gave me some disturbing dates. Man, I'm hoping you can understand this. Okay? This is just simple math. They state that the spring equinox was four days ago. Even though I have pictorial evidence that that is not the case, I put it... Anyway, that's beside the point. They say that the autumn equinox is coming September 22nd. You should have serious problems with that, ladies and gentlemen, because there's 187 days between those two dates. Now look, you need to know there can only be 182 days between equinoxes, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I find it strange that I start making some public statements in direct concert with these jokers. Ah, but ladies and gentlemen, the Bible God's holy word is no joke. Oh no! You know it to be a parable. More appropriately, it is a riddle. Ladies and gentlemen, 
You need to throw away these cunningly devised fables like trash. He is coming. And he's literally going to kickstart your future. There's literally going to be a period of 45 days that even the angels in heaven will not be able to calculate its duration. You don't have to believe it, but you are going to experience it. Brian, how has your week progressed, and what's been catching your eye in the news, bud? Oh, boy, what's been catching my eye in the news this week? Good grief, folks. Let me pose a question to everybody. Do you seem to fathom how many direct, absolute, completely accurate, 100% in their due time on their exact places where they're supposed to happen, events have transpired which are direct and full fulfillments of Bible prophecy. And I'm, this isn't a joke question. I'm not playing here, folks. This is what we're looking at. We have had some of the most disturbing developments have been breaking out on a global scale. So I, I, I get a little confused when I look around as I see some of the things that the Crusaders are out there posting. Because I'm not certain what reality all of you live in. I'm really not, you know, and it's rather ironic. I guess that terminology crusaders is no longer hyperbole because a militia and Kansas City, Missouri of all places, and folks, I know about the crusaders out there. Oh, yes. But a militia that was going to blow up a bunch of Islamic people, three guys in court, and they just so happen to call themselves the Crusaders. You see, that's that that little tidbit, that ain't nothing. That's that's a joke in comparison. Because honestly, as far as I'm concerned, that little tidbit really doesn't matter because we've seen this process happening in Babylon. Oh, I mean the United States of America for some time now here. You know, folks, I don't know what you're paying attention to out there. I don't know what news you're ingesting or what propaganda you're ingesting. Because if what I'm saying at this moment is a shock of all of the direct fulfillments of prophecy, I really feel like I've dropped the ball over the years. I guess I'll hand it back over after my beginning statement. Well, Brian, um, you know, we had a little private here a couple of days ago. I'm sorry. Um, 
it lose me what particular day it is. Trying to get adjusted to this uh, third shift is kind of wrecking havoc with me. But um, you come out publicly displaying about events that should transpire in, uh, well, March the 2nd, I do believe, if memory memory recalls. And we're talking months and months and months ago. That exact same thing happened. I don't know what you want me to say. I will say this. Curiously enough, I posted that post with the screenshot proving that the Equinox was actually on March 16th and something just caught my attention. I went, something started bothering me. The Lord was telling me I was supposed to see something. So I went, I went looking. Well, I found a post from our sister Jenny Strange that I couldn't share it. You know what? It's really strange because it had a share button on every single post on her page except this one. Not that I really cared. I just, well, the Lord just found a way for me to share it anyway. But I'm going to read what she wrote. I know this is not. What anyone wants to read. You see, out from the gate, she has no intention of putting together a cunningly devised fable. Let me read that again. I know this is not what anyone wants to read, but please, friends... Really take a solid look at the state of world affairs. It is an overwhelming thing to do and offers a multitude of negative possibilities for all humans. The likelihood that these things will resolve themselves in any other way than how they have historically resolved themselves is extremely unlikely. With that being said, issues such as we are seeing have only ever boiled over, and to expect anything else is short-sighted. Please get your house in order and encourage your loved ones to do the same. Pay attention to what is going on so it is not so surprising. And if things quickly spiral into a state of disarray, love you all. Now, why would the Holy Spirit have me go look for this, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, this is almost exactly the way I would have put it. And it amazes me that she didn't realize that I was busy calculating 
the days in the midst of the equinoxes. And yet she ends it with, if things quickly spiral into a state of disarray. She nor you have no idea. It is not the first time that the Lord my God has used a sibling, whether it be from the brotherhood or the sisterhood, to stick my foot squarely in my mouth. And I pray that it is not the last. I was obviously busily and hurriedly entertaining myself when this is obviously what I should have been making up as a post. So I guess the Lord had her do it for me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May he bless her going in and coming out. Now, we've got a lot to cover this week, but I hope that just hangs in the back of your mind that let me state that one more time go to the world clock that server is of course located in Greenwich all time is derived off of that look at the charts I know it takes a little bit of time it's a lot more difficult than uh, pushing the play button uh, for <laughs> do I want to really say this? You know, for some ERF video, it's a whole lot more difficult than that. Just go to greenwitchmeantime.com and please look up the solstice dates that they give. The dates that they provide, there's 187 days between the solstices, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't you just randomly take that number times two? Because things may be spiraling out of control a little bit quicker than you have the wherewithal to comprehend because well they have you caught up in cunningly devised fables just like the Bible God's holy word says they will so with that in mind if you have not already done so. I hope you have adhered to some very elementary principles. Get your trays into the upright positions and fasten your seatbelts. Because what you want is not what you're going to get. But by God, you're going to get what's good for you. 
That's what he's declared from the beginning. Clinton, you have the floor. You know, sometimes uh, in your little uh, introduction, you you definitely get my my goosebumps going. Um, and and just saying, you know, to make sure that you get your house in order. Um, you know, now is the the time for us to shine. Now is the time for us to to stand up for what we know is right and what we know is true. Because I mean, if if you cannot stand up now, when it's on, then he's not going to recognize you when you're standing in front of him. He's not going to acknowledge you. He's going to say he doesn't know you and to go away because you didn't stand up when you needed to stand up. And there was a, a couple different examples this week of people standing up in miraculous ways. And, and one I just want to point out was associated to this, this terrorist attack that happened in France where, where a, a member of ISIS went into a supermarket and took hostages. And a police officer there said he would take the place of one of the hostages, one of the female hostages, take the cop instead of female hostage. So the ISIS member allowed the swap to happen, and that police officer died from his wounds today. He was shot in the neck by giving up his life for another. If that's not an example of someone showing light in the world, someone standing up for what's right, someone doing the right thing at the right time, then I don't know what an example is. And that is what we have to do at this time. We have to be that light. I mean, you see all these protests going on across the globe. You can say they're right, wrong, indifferent, whatever it may be. God will sort it out. Those people that are participating in these protests, they're standing up for gun rights or stand up in Israel about the deportation of the African immigrants. There's 25,000 that had a protest today as well for that. Those people are standing up for what they believe is right, and they're going to stand in front of God and say they did something to show their light. Where those that are just saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold on to my gun, I'm going to sit there and bomb a mosque. I'm going to shoot some people that were outside of the mosque because they're evil Islamists and I'm a crusadist or whatever you want to say. Those people are going to have to stand in front of their creator as well and try to justify their cause. Were they a light that brought goodness, hope, and love to the world? Or were they darkness that brought the opposite? I think it's pretty easy to see the difference. And I think it's very easy to stand up and say what is right now, because you have to now, because it's on. It is on. If you haven't been watching to this point, and this is your first time watching this broadcast because of all the stuff that you're seeing happen, because now Facebook is affected, because the stock market's affected, because you know whatever else may happen, then welcome to the show, because it's on, and it's going right now. I mean, Matthew talked about, you know, where he was trying to, you know, post someone else's post and they were blocked. Well, 
that was an interesting phenomenon that happened as well. And it started for me yesterday where, you know, I mean, if anyone that follows me on Twitter knows that I'm constantly on there posting articles about what's going on. And all of a sudden I was getting blocked tweets from news sources that I know are reputable news sources like BBC, NPR, The Guardian, Bloomberg. These were being blocked to where I could not put them on Twitter. And I was like, okay, so why is it major news publications are being blocked? I can understand, you know, the off brands or the individuals that are trying to be, you know, uh, you know, in the news or be reporters. I can understand blocking them, but the major publications that have been out for years that have known to be spreading the truth, why are they being blocked? And then it, it finally dawned on me that there's something hidden in this budget bill this $1.3 trillion bill that they passed and Trump signed into law on Friday, yesterday, there was something hidden in there. And for those of you that don't really pay attention to your rights or pay attention to what's going on, this is very, very important. Because in there, they're calling it the Cloud Act. Now, this was instituted or brought up back in February, back in Congress. And there was, you know, everyone from the American Civil Liberties Union to Electronic Frontier Foundation to Amnesty International to Open Technology Institute was like, no, this is bad. This is horrible. This is going to make it to where there's going to be a big infringement on rights on the Internet. Civil rights. Your freedom. This is going to be put in place. And they hit it within this spending bill that they had to pass, otherwise the government is going to shut down, which was kind of a bait and switch, which is interesting because, you know, they did this January, they did this February, they, in February they said it was going to be funded all the way till next year, but then we, if you actually read it, you knew that this was coming up here in March, that they were not going to actually fund it all the way to next year. They were playing this game of, we need to hide things in there, we need to put things in there, we need to keep this charade going. That's why we had this happen, and, and it passed real quick. I mean, there was no issues, just $1.3 trillion, no big deal. You know, to give you an understanding of the change in dynamic, back when everything was falling apart back in 2008, and they did the massive bailout, that was only $850 billion. And yesterday it was $1.3 trillion, and it was no big deal. But hidden inside there was this cloud act. And... I'm just going to read just a little bit here. The harshest criticism focuses on new powers granted to the attorney general who can enter into agreements with foreign countries unilaterally. These agreements could potentially circumvent the protection of U.S. courts. The act also wouldn't require users or local governments to be notified when a data request is made, making meaningful oversight significantly harder. So basically hidden inside this budget that they and, – and by the way, the budget's only good until the end of September. We, we have to go through this again in six months, $1.3 billion for six months. That's all that it does. But hidden inside there, they basically pass a law that makes it to where they can go and get any information about you under any country, hidden anywhere that they want to, without telling you about it. No privacy. Nothing. And it's funny that they're going all over Facebook, going all over Cambridge Analytica, 
and saying, oh, well, you know, they were, they were doing mind games, that they were doing brainwashing, that they were, you know, manipulating everything based off of what you did on surveys and what you shared on Facebook, and, and those are the bad guys. When Congress does the same exact thing without telling you. But, you know, don't expect this to, to be the end of it. You know, I mean, unfortunately, Facebook is going down in flames. And Cambridge Analytica is just the edge of the sword. There's going to be other companies that come out that use the same exact data because, well, I mean, all of us had that little disclaimer. Yes, you can see my photos. Yes, you can do this. You can do that. And no one ever read it. You know, I mean, the, the funniest thing I ever saw when it comes to that was on South Park where, you know, they were having like a cell phone disclaimer and, and one of the guys clicked that, you know, he would, he would do the cell phone disclaimer and all of a sudden it authorized him to make him a human centipede because no one, dis, no one reads those disclaimers. And that is what is going on because, well, no one cares. No one reads. We just want to have it told to us. So this whole thing that's going on with your privacy on the Internet, it's gone. It is gone. You're going to have your, your content regulated, and you're going to have any information that you have online regulated. I mean, Edward Snowden came out, and for those of you that don't know who Edward Snowden is, well, they made a movie about him, about how he was a whistleblower, and he's hiding, I think, in, in Russia right now because he released information about the government and their spying tactics that no one wanted him to release. Well, he came out and said that they've been tracking down Bitcoin users for over a year now. Bitcoin is supposed to be autonomous, supposed to be you can buy and sell and no one knows who did what. Well, they've been tracking that down. And they're saying that's based off of tax purposes. That's why they're doing this. But no, it's a grand scheme of understanding what people are doing on the Internet and taking that information and controlling it to either use it for you, against you, or in the essence of Facebook and Cambridge Analytica of brainwashing you. This isn't hocus pocus anymore. This is reality. Brainwashing on the Internet against so wake up. The game is on at this point right now. Now, when it comes to this spending bill, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that it only makes it to where we have a government till September. If we make it that long, I mean, we, we talked about last week how everyone's getting fired. And now we have Michael Bolton that is going to be the national security advisor. And he was the one that helped Bush do the Iraq war. And he has already come out saying that, well, he plans on firing a whole bunch of people for all the leaks that are going on in the White House. And also he came out, he's only been on the job for like, a, well, he hasn't even been on the job yet. He doesn't get in office or in his position until April 9th. But here he is already saying he's going to fire a bunch of people. And he's also saying that the best way to stave off of a war is to prepare for a war. Oh, yeah. We have someone that just got put in office that helped the Iraqi war get put in place who's already saying, I'm going to fire a bunch of people and start another war. So if we make it to September, we have that beforehand. And this is just building. Now, in this $1.3 trillion budget, you know, there's, there was a big issue that Trump wasn't happy. He said he's never going to sign another budget like this again. Because he doesn't get anything for DACA. He doesn't get anything for his wall. He doesn't get anything for ICE. Those are his big items. 
that's what he wants is that wall. That's what he wants is ICE to have the power to do what they want to all over the globe. Well, in the United States, at least, to begin with. Now, if you look at what's going on in California, we already have individual states or individual cities that are starting to rebel against the sanctuary uh, state law that California has. I talked about last week how in Colorado we had an, you know, a vote where a portion of the state wanted to secede. And now we see the same things developing in California where individual cities are saying, no, they're not going to abide by the state law. So, yeah, we're, we're headed to a very, very interesting and climactic situation within the United States on a city level. I mean, to, to give you an idea of just kind of the grand scheme of things when it comes to a city area, um, you know, just look at, for instance, Hong Kong. Now, Hong Kong was a British colony for a long time and was recently given back to China. And it's basically their New York City. It's their business capital. And they came out saying that the city itself made so much money, they're going to give money back to the residents of Hong Kong. That city made money, going to give money back to the residents of that city. You see where this is headed. You can say, well, that's just China. But no, we all have everything set up together. In the United States, if you have a city in California that's going to branch off or going to fight state law, I mean, what do we do in that situation? Like, what do you, what do, you do if L.A. says, I'm not going to abide by California law? You have issues. That's what happens. Now, also with this bill that Trump signed that he's never going to sign again, he was also very upset because it didn't have the ability for him to have a, a line item veto, which back in 1998, they made that unconstitutional because, well, Bill Clinton was going to take advantage of it. I mean, that's why it was there. So they, the Republicans put in place that they do not want Bill Clinton to have that ability. Now Trump wants it back, which is very scary because, well, that's <laughs> with someone that is going to just cross out whatever he wants to pass a law, <laughs> we're opening ourselves up to something very, very scary. And that is what he is going to be pushing for here moving forward. He's already said that he plans on doing this. Now, with this budget, he got his military funding. He also is going to work on the opium epidemic, and he's going to give, get some money for infrastructure. Now, this opium epidemic is another topic which is actually crazy. The fact that the President of the United States came out and publicly said that he is endorsing the death penalty for drug dealers is incredible. Because he, we, we know that he's already um, you know, talked to the President of the Philippines, Duarte, and said, hey, I think you're doing a great job. The fact that you've killed thousands and thousands and thousands of drugs you know, uh, people that are on drugs and drug dealers in your country, I think that's a great strategy. That's scary. That is scary, the fact that that is even on the table. And if you think about the opium epidemic, it's not necessarily guys on the corner of the street, you know, peddling something. No, these are doctors. These are pharmaceutical companies. These are professionals that are doing this. And I'm sure that this plan that is going to be put in place is not going to be put in place just for those professionals. Ultimately, it'll go to everyone. 
And then we're going to have an issue just like the Philippines has, where the military is going into neighborhoods, going door to door, and shooting people because they have drugs on them. I don't think that's any civilization that anyone in the United States wants, but that is what the President of the United States is talking about. And he just got funding within this bill to expand that. But that's only until September. Then we have to do this all over again. You know, I mean, the, the market, you know, is supposed to have everything in it, and that's why it goes up and down is because it's supposed to balance everything. And that's why, you know, on Thursday it dropped 700 points because we were going to sit there and start a trade war, you know, with the big bad China. And then it dropped another 420 points on Friday because, well, we passed the, the budget, so it should have went up because, well, it's based off of motion, but everyone's so scared of China and so scared of this trade war that it still went down. So that's 1,100 points in two days just on the Dow. And then when you look at it, you're like, okay, so the United States put in tariffs against China that amount to basically $50 billion. Now, they plan on expanding the tariffs to every country that doesn't abide by our trade agreements. I mean, Trump even came out and said, hey, China, if you don't want to be impacted by these, these tariffs, why don't you buy natural gas from us? And then we won't impact you by the tariffs. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a very aggressive business approach that should not be done on this kind of scale. But that is what is going on. So $50 billion. So China goes and retaliates. Now, keep in mind that China, they have $172 billion of U.S. imports to China. So $172 billion is what we import to China every year. They only put the tariffs on $3 billion of it. So a drop in the bucket. Now, we import a whole bunch of money from China, and $50 billion is a big bump. But what people don't realize is if you put tariffs on goods that you buy, that just means that you're going to pay more money. You, as a general public, is going to pay more money. It's not going to benefit anyone else who's going to impact you. China understands that. So they're like, yeah, we, we're going to do something. We're going to impact you know, your wine, your fruit, your nuts, your steel pipes, your ethanol, your pork your aluminum, your soybeans, but we don't really want our people to pay a lot, lot. So we're only going to do it on $3 billion compared to your $50 billion. But we're being shown that China is the big, bad, bad boy. You know, we, we got to have this war against China because they're taking over everything. You know, and, and one thing that we've always been afraid of is what happens if China sells all their, their treasury bills, their, their bonds? you know, which is the United States debt. You know, we sell these bonds to gain money so we can then fund, you know, projects like our infrastructure, our $1.3 trillion budget. You know, that's what we do is we sell our debt. So China has $1.17 trillion worth of treasury bills right now, which amounts to basically 19% of all the treasury bonds out there. And they, you know, there's speculation that they plan on selling those off, which you know, China was selling them off for a while, and then they bought some back. But they, they are always, like, one of our main purchasers of, of bonds. So we're, we're afraid that they're going to start selling them off. What people don't realize, though, is the Fed, which is a private company, which prints money for the United States government and then charges interest to the United States government, 
the Fed owns $4.4 trillion worth of treasury bonds. China, 1.1. The Fed, 4.4. They've been buying into the equivalent of $80 billion a month since, I don't know, 2012. That's why they, they have as much as they are. And in the next week, they plan on selling off $30 billion of it just next week. And they've said that they plan on selling off the majority of it till oh, wait, September. They, they've said this, you know, what, four months ago? So it's no secret that this is what it is. Now, this is where the, the mind game with this, the market goes into play. If you have people selling stocks because they're afraid of China, big bad China and, you know, earnings are going to go down. So companies are not going to make as much. So then the profit is not going to be there. So the stock price needs to go down. They flock to safety. There's two options, either gold and silver or treasury bonds. And what we saw is an increase in treasury bonds. So everyone's flocking to the bonds at the same time that the fed is selling their bonds and they're afraid that China is going to sell theirs as well. So again, the American public is going to be left holding the bag. That's, that's just how you maneuver your assets is, is you manipulate the public to do what you want. And that is exactly what is going on in the situation. So that's just one little tidbit of the, the fun stuff that's going on. On Monday, something very weird came through. There was an executive order that President Trump signed that made it illegal for Americans to purchase the Venezuela cryptocurrency, the, the petrol. I mean, we talked about how this was brought out back on January 20th, and it was a private sale. So, so you had to buy Ethereum, and Ethereum would then, you could purchase this token, which was the petrol. And it was a private sale, so only specific individuals or countries were able to buy this. And Venezuela was able to produce $875 million in the very first day of sale. So it was very successful. And the reason it's successful is because the Petro is backed by Venezuelan oil, which Venezuela has the largest oil reserve in the world. So it was very successful. But then President Trump made it illegal to purchase it. Oh, and by the way, the general public was able to purchase it yesterday for the first time. So if you really wanted to get into a cryptocurrency that was not backed by imaginary goods, that was actually backed by something tangible that the entire world needed, it's illegal for you to do so now. Unless you were part of that original purchase. If you were part of that original purchase, then that's going to be on a case-by-case basis, depending on... Oh, the United States government. If they look at it and go, hey, you know, Mr. Trump, you were part of the initial purchasing product. Uh, you bought, you know, this amount of the petrol. The government's going to review it. We're not going to really say that you as an American can't have that since you were part of the original purchase. It's just the rest of everyone else can't have it. You're okay because you were special. So, so you see how this game is already being rigged. Now, the thing is the petrol they plan on also releasing here soon another cryptocurrency out of Venezuela that is backed by gold and silver. Now we see the full spectrum is starting to develop because you have a cryptocurrency that is backed by oil, backed by gold and silver, and 
Venezuela came out this week saying that you will be able to exchange this cryptocurrency for with basically four different currencies. The yuan, which is the Chinese currency, the ruble, which is the Russian currency, the Turkish lira, which is Turkey's currency, and the euro. You can exchange them directly. Buy the Venezuela currency and exchange it for those currencies. So in, in essence, when it comes to a currency war, that's checkmate. You just, ha- you just created a cryptocurrency that's backed by oil, which is, you know, used to be called the petrodollar before, well, China said they were going to take it out. And you also have a currency that's going to be backed by gold and silver, which used to be called the dollar, that is going to be exchangeable for four currencies that isn't with countries that we technically get along with right now. And that's in place right now. So our plan as the United States of America was to bring all of these dollars back overseas. You know, that's why we passed this tax bill was to allow these large corporations to bring the trillions of dollars that they had overseas back to the United States. And that's why we saw the increase in the stock market because all these companies came out publicly and said, yeah, we're not really going to, you know, build jobs or factories or anything. We're just going to buy our stock. So the stock went up. They spent their money to buy stock. Well, what happened is all of these dollars left around the world. So now there's a liquidity crisis that's developing. And we can see that developing in Europe. And the reason that's such a big deal is, well, currently in the, in the global structure, you have to buy oil with the dollar. So if you don't have dollar bills, then you have to go to the bank and you have to get a loan to buy oil with the dollar. Now, all the dollars are brought back to the United States, so the banks are charging larger and larger interest rates to make it more difficult to borrow dollar bills. So to give you an example, the exchange rate to purchase in Europe back in 2015 was 0.15 of a percent. You know, so it wasn't too bad. Now, just recently, it jumped to 1.82, a drastic, drastic increase. And it doubled in the last six months. So it's becoming incredibly expensive to use the dollar and to borrow with the dollar anywhere outside of the United States. Which, if you want the dollar to survive and the petrodollar to last as the currency that everyone uses to buy oil, you need to make it to where it's easy for them to get to. Otherwise, they're going to go to, oh, yeah, Venezuela Petro. Because, well, you can get oil because Venezuela is an OPEC nation, and we're already worried that Iran and Saudi Arabia and Iraq and all these other OPEC nations may join together against the dollar and stop using the dollar. Well, that's why it's checkmate, because we can see this happening right now. (laughs) If that doesn't get the hair on the back of your neck, stand up then you're not paying attention. So let me just kind of say something to to really get your attention. We talked about last week how China is very upset with Taiwan and very upset with the United States because the United States just signed an agreement with Taiwan to allow movement between the countries. Now, Taiwan's not a country. They're part of China. China's always seen that, and the United States has always recognized that as well until President Trump. Now, 
when you get to the situation where we directly go after a province of China, they see that as a direct threat against their sovereignty. And in their newspaper this last week, I'm just going to read this a little bit. The mainland must also prepare itself for a direct military clash in the Taiwan Straits. It needs to make clear that escalation of U.S.-Taiwan official exchanges will bring serious consequences to Taiwan. Now, this is said the paper, which is published by the ruling Communist Party officials, the People's Daily. So directly from the Chinese government, they came out and said that they need to prepare for war over Taiwan because they need to show Taiwan what what that their boss basically i mean this is this is this is getting truly crazy so if that doesn't make you understand what's going on then well there's something eerie that's also happening in north korea it came out that trump was willing to meet kim jong un you know, directly. And everyone's like, oh, wow, this is so amazing that President Trump is going to meet, you know, the leader of North Korea and work out a peace treaty and everything else. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, the the leader of South Korea, Moon, is like, um, not without me there. This is not, you guys are not going to meet without me there. And before you guys even meet before May, I'm going to meet with North Korea. So they plan on getting together on March 29th to talk about this bigger meeting they're going to have in April. So we already have the Korean Peninsula, which the United States has seen as the, been seen as the good guy in South Korea for, you know, 50 years, all of a sudden saying, well, we kind of want to talk with North Korea without you. We don't necessarily believe that what you are doing on our behalf is beneficial. We would rather do it ourselves. So everything is building, and I haven't even talked about the Middle East. I haven't even talked about what's going on in Europe right now or what's going on in Africa. Oh, and, and by the way, um, the African nations all signed an agreement this last week to make trade amongst all the countries in Africa free. So you, in essence, have an African union, which some people said would never, ever happen, and that happened this last week. So the last little bit before I hand it back over to you, Matthew, I, I talked about the satellite, the Chinese satellite that is spinning out of control. They anticipate that satellite coming down on a very significant day. Not only is it April 1st, you know, which is April Fool's Day, you know, but that's also Easter. And they also anticipate that one of the main places that it may hit is New York City. So, if we have a satellite that has who knows when, no, what, what kind of space bacteria and jet fuel and everything else that's going to come into the atmosphere and possibly land on New York City on Easter, I don't know what, what other signs you need that we're not living in normal times. So, Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you, Matthew. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this, this quagmire that we're in, we're into it up to our necks. To be sure. You know, just just Venezuela. Ladies and gentlemen, it was us that did the sanctions 
on Venezuela. Uh, that was us. We stopped selling them arms due to, uh, what was that, 2006? So they were forced to do arms deals. with. Yeah, that's all your fault, actually. Everything that's going on in Venezuela is actually your fault due to the sanctions imposed back in 2006. But y'all forgotten about that. You've been properly entertained away from that critical data, haven't you? Let me say it one more time. Haven't you? Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? You've all been convinced that hyperinflation just set in in Venezuela for some other reason. Ladies and gentlemen, um, it's amazing how the Crusaders are always so quick to employ the laws of supply and demand. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the embargoes that caused scarcity, which induced the hyperinflation. That's all your fault, by the way, just so you know. That's from your government imposing sanctions. You see, back in 2006, they did the arms sanctions, so Venezuela was told they were not allowed to protect themselves. That's why they signed the arms deal with Russia. You know, has... Anybody talked about uh, what Goldman Sachs was doing with the bonds in Venezuela? What, are you surprised you don't know anything about that? Really? You really don't? I find that kind of amazing. I mean, you know... Back the what second week of June last year, Goldman Sachs came under fire uh, over the Venezuelan bond deal. Oh, you forgot that some key journalists dubbed these hunger bonds. Oh yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's in your plate. Oh yeah, that that's. That's sitting warmly in your lap. That's your puppy right there. But take note. The Lord your God's coming. He's going to straighten your kinks out. You know, you're going to have a Salah moment, just like that God-hater, Stephen Hawking. Oh, you're going to believe. <laughs> you will be a believer. Now, he's promised you that, so I just have the wherewithal to remind you that simple fact. You know, maybe we'll do something a little different for the break, even though I am going to play a break. 
But maybe we're going to do something a little bit different. Who knows? Maybe I'm just in the mood to give Clinton a gift. Because there's something eating at the back of his brain, wondering what I was talking about, wondering what I meant. I, for one, really wouldn't want him doing that. So maybe I ought to go to those five verses and just read them real quick. Don't take very long. Thus he said the fourth beast will be fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms, and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them, and he will be different from the previous ones, and will subdue three kings. He will speak out against the Most High, and wear down the saints of the Highest One, and he will intend to make alterations in times and law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and a half a time. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. At this point, the revelation ended. Did you catch that? That reference there is direct reference to the book of Revelation, just in case you didn't know. I mean, you do realize that the dominions are described there in Revelation. Well, that's, that's beside the point. Let me finish. I apologize for interrupting mid-verse. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts were greatly alarming. Me and my face grew pale. But I kept the matter to myself. Amen, Daniel. You had the inkling then, didn't you, about these cunningly devised fables? Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you a stupid question. So, what place does the term, the title, or the name Ancient of Days belong in heaven? Ladies and gentlemen, what reference do you have in heaven? Of the passage of time? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I confuse you? Where does it say that time transpires in heaven? So why on earth would Daniel chapter 7 use the term ancient of days? Let's talk about that for a minute, shall we? Now, looking at the Greek, I find it rather curious that they would call this the ancient of days. Really am. Now, when you go to the Greek, that is karios. I know that word. And if that's what it meant, that's what Galatians chapter 4, let me, let me think, verse 10. It's verse 10. Now, interestingly enough, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has all the words in question. Actually, that's why this verse was written and provided unto you, you see. Because that verse says, uh, we'll just say the Matthew Miller translation. It says, uh, uh, you observe days, months, seasons, years. So, you're thinking that that term there in the Greek... It, it it must use the word for ancient and that word for days. Oh, no, it don't. That's the word for seasons, because the proper translation of that term would really be the antecedent of seasons. That's what it really is. Now, where is that word in the book of Revelation? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're supposed to at least have a hint. I'll read it for you. But the two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for time, times and half a time, from the presence of the serpent. See, that's exactly what Daniel chapter 7 says. But you never believed him. You believed... Um, ERF Ministries, I guess. But that's all right. That'll be worked out in the end. But I will tell you this. I'll answer my own riddle for you. There's only one reference to ever the passage of time in heaven, in the Bible God's Holy Word. And it's right where it should be, ladies and gentlemen, because, well, these couple of chapters are dedicated just specifically to when he arrives. I'm going to read it for you. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need a hint, you ain't got a clue. But you obviously did never have the wherewithal to just sit down and believe what he actually said in Daniel chapter 7. That didn't itch your ear, so you paid somebody else to tell you something different. But don't worry. There's going to come a time... And all that knowledge you're looking for, all your ledgers are going to come up in the black, saith the Lord thy God. 
at his arrival, that name, Ancient of Days, then you're going to understand it just like everybody else. And where you're going is real. You can take that to the bank. So ladies and gentlemen, do. <laughs> no, really. Please do enjoy the bank, the break. But as for me, I wait. I'm not waiting for me to go anywhere. I'm waiting for me to fall down on my face at the presence of his glory, just like he said, and get my Salah moment. Both barrels in the chest, point-blank range. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm hoping for. That's exactly what's going to happen. My name is Matthew Miller. You're listening to the End Time Tribune. Please do enjoy the break.
We live in a world of unknowing, of secrets, of blindness. But what if you were to find out that the very earth was crumbling beneath your feet, even as we speak? What if I were to tell you that America had deep, dark secrets kept from the public since its inception? What if unexplained phenomena had already been explained thousands of years ago? From a supposed natural disaster to fabled UFOs, it's going to be brought into the light with the one single document that is a testament to the evidence of the future history of this planet. The End Time Tribune brings you the news of the coming apocalypse and casts light into the future darkness. Come and see.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. It's good to be with you. I have some parting words. I find it interesting that Scientific American this week released this headline. Looking for Planet Nine, astronomers gaze into the abyss. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're not being entertained to death by these catchphrase, distractionary identifiers like Nibiru, Planet X. I hope not. Because NASA's trying to put the pieces together as to why certain things apply. Like the simple fact that the orbital plane is not on the sun's equator. But if you need a hint, that means you ain't got a clue. But we'll get around to that as well. Brian, it is time for you to take your seat in the saddle. The show is yours. You know, I'm going to I'm going to touch on something for a brief moment because folks, if you really knew what I've been sort of inadvertently and almost coincidentally from out of nowhere in this last week have stumbled upon and, you know, Matthew has used that intro for the End Time Tribune since well, since I pretty much have met him way back upon a time, and it makes the comment about America having deep, dark secrets. Folks, when I finally decide to uh, lift the hatch on what I'm sitting on right now, you're going to be shaken to the very foundation of your core. So I'd keep that in mind. I don't know. Maybe I'll slip in a few little details for that. uh, How does Naomi Klein put that? Oh, yes, the shock doctrine. But we'll wait. Now, there was something very interesting that came up in the news, almost a little, you know, just one of those strange little things that you wouldn't notice unless you knew to kind of keep an eye out for something like this. I could have missed it. it. It was that hidden that most people probably don't know anything about this. Hebrew prophet's tomb in Iraq saved from collapse. And whose tomb are we talking about here, everybody? This is the tomb of Nahum. You know, and this this was something I kept in the back of my mind all throughout the week because I've been in a uh, stage that I would call far surpassing overdrive, working on trying to stay on top of all this news for between anywhere from four to six hours per day, plus trying to get through these other little tidbits I stumbled into in the midst of my uh, connect-the-dots board that I've built for quite some time after going through this last 120 years of history. And I had you know, set aside, in my mind, I need to go in and take another look at Nahum and try to see if I can understand why this has popped up in the news this week. Well, of course, the entirety of Nahum should catch everybody's attention, but it's really 
really what happens when you get over here to chapter 3 because it says some very specific things that really quite literally point out Babylon this time around the ride. Woe to the bloody city, completely full of lies and pillage. Her prey never departs. The noise of the whip, the noise of the rattling of the wheel, galloping horses and bouting chariots, horsemen charging, swords flashing, spears gleaming, many slain, a mass of corpses and countless dead bodies. They stumble over the dead bodies. All because of the many harlotries of the harlot. The charming one, the mistress of sorceries, who sells nations by her harlotries and families by her sorceries. Let me just ask Matthew a question here and let him interject real quick. Matthew, who's that stanza referring to? Well, I will tell you what you just questioned me about, that, 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 that last two phrases. I'll tell you what they mean. The first one means sanctions, and the second one is an overt reference to everybody's opiate addiction. Now, just so you know, Brian, you wanted me to answer your question Oh, I answered Nahum's last two phrases, his two key identifiers, how you'd be able to identify this mystery harlot. For she is the only one that could be seated on many waters. You see, because you would have to actually look at a map and realize that well, one-third of this planet, Brian, is surrounded by, well, all the oceans. It is called Mundus Novus in the Latin. Now, if you need a hint, this one time I'll give you a clue. It's the new world. Brian, there's your answer. Point blank range, both barrels square in the chest, just so you know, just so you're perfectly clear about what it is that I meant. It just so happens that the headlines and things discussed tonight, both of these issues have been discussed tonight, the results of our sanctions and the results of the pharmacia peddlers uh, addicting everybody to, well, opium. It just so happens that, well, Nahum must have known that you would eventually read those verses in this window of opportunity right here, Brian. So there's your answer in the clearest and cleanest English 
that I can provide unto you. And thank you. Because, folks, does my entire point was to bring clarity to exactly what it is we're looking at. Nahum just dropping into the news this week was not coincidence, all considering everything else that's going on. You know, there's there's a lot of other interesting statements throughout Nahum that really, when you start paying attention, should really catch you. You know, it, it speaks of here in the same chapter about uh, the traders who have multiplied like these stars. And, um, you know, this is really kind of the gist of, you know, a slight indication of how far things have really gotten out of control. You know, it was in February that I started pointing out, folks, you better watch. You better watch the beginning of March. It was in February that I kind of picked up that something was seriously wrong when multiple financial experts are warning that things are going going to about to go haywire because of the bond market, because of the amount of national debt that... Babylon, or I mean America, suddenly is created. And then we roll forward. You see, we came to a very specific date. It was March the 2nd, a date I had penciled in already quite some time ago. You know, maybe I should give a precursor here so everybody understands what I'm talking about. Now, folks, you need to kind of go back and, historically speaking, biblically speaking, look at what's going on in, say, the books of Kings and Chronicles, multiple prophets. This extends in multiple directions. As the Chaldean captivity was about to come to pass and then you need to take a look at our current situation circumstances because you should start to see that we have excruciating parallels across the board and then this is wrapping it around to the other aspect because as I've stated March 2nd that date was penciled in You see, the first date that was penciled in, this was the date that our current commander-in-chief was inaugurated. The second one was the date that the massive uh, neo-Nazi event happened in Charlottesville and the woman was ran down and killed. You know, folks, you need to go back and go back over those uh, press releases of exactly, and uh, forget about what the news commentators had to say because, look, 
here in this nation, 99.9% of what comes out of their mouth is absolute nonsense. No, you need to watch the actual interviews themselves to listen to what the commander-in-chief had to say. When we had neo-Nazis marching on our own ground, chanting blood and soil and all kinds of other very disturbing odds and ends, and yes, they have all of this on film as well. You can hit the rewind button and then go look at what happened when the neo-Nazis overthrew the Ukraine. It was the exact same thing. And it happened on our soil. And then the commander-in-chief kept stepping on his own foot over and over and over again with the comments that were made. Okay, but then we rolled around to March the 2nd. March the 2nd was the first date that Donald Trump had even made mention of these trade tariffs that he was about to enact. It was on that day that the markets really began to spin out of control. And it's been a nonstop roller coaster ride ever since then. Now, I suppose there's a lot of you that are asking, well, what what are these three dates? What are they in correlation to? Well, folks, let's see here. Galloping horses, horsemen charging. These were the markers for the riders in Revelation 6. This is no longer... Okay, we've gone from having the first witness of this. In your mind, you go, well, that's kind of peculiar. The second one, you start to get highly concerned. By the time of the third witness, there's no escaping what's happening here. None. Now look at the ramifications since March 2nd, of what this has done to world markets. Because look, folks, it's not only affecting the United States. All of the economies worldwide are now going into a free fall and have been massively affected by what has been enacted with the steel and aluminum tariffs. But not only that, on top of it, they turn around and they hit China, again, with another billions of dollars in IP infringements upon technology and multiple other trade infringements. Now, there were actually stories that I came across this week that had a little more details about China and the possibility of them dumping that debt in the bonds from, well, they literally that buy up our national debt. That's what bonds really boil down to. Okay, and last week they stated, well, we're not going to do that. But it slipped into the news that they're starting to get rid of that. And that had me highly concerned because that's leading nowhere good. When you consider the budget that was passed through has just added massive amounts onto our debt. And you know, it would be easy to blame the House and the Senate this week, but here's the problem. 
it's over, it was about a 2,200 page manuscript, which they were handed at the last second. And they will all tell you, we didn't even get time to read it. Now, here's what I liked um, was the descriptive factor of how big this manuscript was. Everybody knows how your standard size of your regular sheets of paper. Okay, when that thing is sitting on a desk, it was sitting at all over a foot tall. And they didn't have any chance to read it. And everything just got slid right through with almost no contention whatsoever. And then they played the little game in the background where, of course, the entertainment started up to keep everybody to make sure they were absolutely distracted. Well, I didn't get my wall. But here's another little tidbit that I guess went over everybody's radar here with the quote-unquote opiate bill going into effect this week. Yes, because for one, anybody that sells drugs is going to now face the death penalty. But let's add in the factor. There's talk that the uh, wall got signed into that. Let's not forget something, because let's stop right there. You see, there was money that was put forward in for them to reshore up the border with the uh, buried agents that already keep an eye on that, fix all the fences and everything that's already there, so on and so forth. Okay, a couple weeks ago, I was brought up to take a look at that video that Matthew and I did on the Bands of Time American Prophecy. I looked last night at apparently... At least a good, a decent number of people went and looked at. But you'll take note that in the prophecies in Ezekiel, it's in the same area where it talks about a land without walls. We had this discussion here in this house this week, and I said, let me explain something to you. You see, he's going to keep going on about that wall. But this is what the Bible says concerning this. You see, but that's just it. This is sort of the whole point. That was all a distraction. You know, I find it very interesting in the midst of all this this week. Um, You know, folks, we've had a massive, once again, realignment of staff inside of the White House. Okay, in a matter of days, we've had multiple shifts. You know, it's rather frightening when we find out that Mike Pompeo was slid into replace Rex Tillerson. Because why? Well, look, folks, this is actually public record. Multiple news sources have reported on this for ages upon ages. When this administration started, they started pulling all the funding out of the State Department and out of any form of diplomacy. I warned you back then that there's only one reason you do such a thing. Because your diplomacy will be at the point of a gun. Now, I'm sure that many were hearing this and they're kind of scratching their heads going, well, I'm not certain about that. But these moves, putting Pompeo in this position. You see, Mike Pompeo, it's documented. You can do a nice little search on this. Put in Mike Pompeo, Koch brothers. He's bought and paid for by the same group that basically broke down the um, lobbying and all that junk, made it all legalized. Tea Party, okay, folks, 
if you don't know who the Koch brothers are and if you're curious, look into them because it actually has a lot to do with what's happening in the political landscape. Never mind the fact that their money actually came through their father who gave the Bolsheviks in Russia their ability to refine oil, then got freaked out by what happened and turned around and gave the same refinery technology to the Nazis. Matter of fact, a direct meeting with Hitler. You see, that's where this money comes from. And this is one of the main groups that's propping up the right wing within this nation. That's kind of important to know. Not to even mention their thoughts on economic policies and all this other stuff. But I guess that's, to a degree, you know, that's just kind of some foreshadowing because we're seeing these policies come to pass. We're back over to Mike Pompeo. Bought and paid for by them. But he's known as a war hawk, militant, very aggressive. They got rid of the ex... He was basically the ex... uh, In charge of ExxonMobil, Rex Tillerson, and replaced him with that head of the CIA. Well, I guess it turns out on top of it now, the person that's fulfilling the role and being slid into place at the head of the CIA is another war hawk. But then the cherry on top of the cake happened this week when... Mattis was replaced by Bolton, which it is known full well he carries all the exact same stances. And it just, it really baffles me. As you you see some of these commentators are out there going, well, you know, so much for him living up to his promises of not getting involved in other nations and we're not going to do this, that, or the other thing. As far as rattling the saber at everybody on the face of the planet. Now I have to ask the serious question to these news commentators that seem to have some form of amnesia. Because they can't seem to remember 15 minutes previous as they give their news commentary. It's absolutely and completely ridiculous. You see, I paid very close attention to everything that came out of this current commander-in-chief's mouth leading up to the election and all of these things, all of these speeches were broadcast across the board in pretty much every news source. Okay, folks, because he made comments. Why do we have nukes if we don't use them? So what happened? They reset the policy up with the budget so that they could refurbish all those nukes. As a matter of fact, build more. The number just leaked into the press this week of how much spending is now going towards the military budget. Because we started around out and around the realm of thirty billion, then it went to fifty billion, then it went to seventy. You can get the kind of progression here. We are now sitting at seven hundred billion dollars that have been put into military funding. That is the number that is now floating. And now just as multiple people began to put the pieces together. Now Donald Trump has his war council. He told you on his way into the election cycle he was going to do all of these things. 
He lets you know full well, I get in there, I'm rebuilding that military, I'm putting mass amounts of spending in, we're going to redo all the nukes, and every bit of what he said he was going to do has now come to pass. You see, and there were the people that got confused because they listened to what came out of the other side of his mouth. We're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, but they forgot that, you know what, one cancels out the other. I've warned about this time and time again since we were going into the election cycle in 2016 of what it is that we are heading towards. And now it's all in place. The War Council has been gathered. So let's consider what happened with China this week. It was all brought up before. It's brought up as well what happened with... uh, the threat that came out of it, it, it basically you'll get two different stories on this. One will tell you that it was a quote-unquote national media for China that released this, but then other stories will tell you flat out it was a tabloid that stated that the military engagement expect war because of what America just did recognizing Taiwan as an independent sovereign nation is essentially what this says. That's literally what it tells everybody. That's what they did. Just handed it over. But, you see, this is out of diplomacy and defense. This happened just in the last couple of days. Matter of fact, Friday. Beijing accuses U.S. of serious provocation after destroyer, destroyer sails through disputed South China Sea. USS Mustin's voyage near Mischief Reef prompts angry response a day after America announced plan to impose U.S. $60 billion tariffs on Chinese imports. Okay, that's that part of the world. Which, by the way, folks, I don't know how many months back I started letting everybody know China is one of our chief targets. I explained the exact process that has been planned out by the strategists for eons on how they plan on going in and taking China out. But it doesn't stop there. So everybody been paying attention to the further developments with the ex-Russian intelligence operative that was traded for MI6 officers. He ended up in Britain. Chemical warfare was supposedly used on him on their soil. Okay, folks, there was a great, big, huge, huge meeting over the course of the last few days. I would highly advise going out there and getting a translated copy of those proceedings. Because, look, it'll take you a good hour to go through it with a fine-tooth comb. I highly advise reading it because I really wish that I could say that certain responses from certain a certain nation were incorrect. But the problem is, is I've spent vast amount of time studying the history of these varied events, and they weren't making things up. You see, and that's just it. NATO still continues to proceed to build forces up around Russia. 
and it's getting worse, and it's getting worse. All the European nations are now threatening them. The United States jumped on board the whole nine yards, but then everybody got mad because, you know, let's, um, let's congratulate Putin for winning this election. Folks, this is standard policy for leaders of this country or other countries to do such a thing. There was no need for the drama. None. Yeah, you know, it made me chuckle because, you know, for instance, Mohammed bin Salman was here in the United States this week. Oh, every single thing that happened along the way was so excruciatingly important. But here's what's happening that very same day with the press when Sarah Huckabee Sanders comes forward to give her atypical everyday press briefing to reporters as they wasted everybody's time asked important questions while everybody fixated on the quote-unquote Russian collusion scandal when all of that stuff was irrelevant in light of the fact that that very day is when Mohammed bin Salman is sitting in the White House with Donald Trump, which earlier in the day he holds up and shows the amount of money that has been given to them in arms deals, not to even mention the Gulf, cooperation, all those nations, so on and so forth. All sorts of big things happen in that meeting, including they're also now giving them fad missiles. Mohammed bin Salman has also been out meeting with Lockheed Martin. Well, why is that important? Folks, they are one of the biggest owners within the military-industrial complex because we're no longer going to use the... um, conspiracy nuts um, terminology of deep state any longer. Okay, folks, because I've gotten fed up with it. These people that use that terminology have no comprehension of what they're even talking about. They need to go away. So we're not going to use that terminology anymore. It's a military-industrial complex. You bring in the bankers, which were always the key center portion of this from the get-go. Wall Street so on and so forth. You don't believe me? Look into how the Dulleses got their start. Okay? It all traces back even to World War One. They've always been in the equation, but then we had Silicon Valley. They're also a part of it. So we no longer use that terminology here any longer because I'm tired of the nonsense. I have been for a long time, but now I'm just stating things the way they are. We have Ben Solomon here on top of it. He's talking about, you know, there's been talks that he's going to float some of Aramco, which is their oil company that used to be in part owned by the Americans. They're going to float some of this on the stock market. He was going to float around to the stock markets this week to see what his decision would be. And he's here this week. And what happens? They all bought him out. Hmm. That ain't good. There was a whole heck of a lot more that went on in those discussions. And here's the thing is the media is so distracted and so busy keeping everybody else distracted that when those press, when the press briefing for the day is done, they spent the entire time going on about make-believe. The blinders are on so heavily. You know, folks, you would have been freaking out if you would have heard the private conversation that Matthew and I had concerning everything that's going on in Israel. Folks, 
do you not understand what is about to happen? You know, we are coming up on the 70th anniversary of Israel becoming a nation. And on that very day, we're moving our embassy there, which is a declaration of what? Peace and safety. And then swift and sudden destruction, everybody. Because that's where we've headed. And somehow everybody has got this whole ideology in their head because they haven't been paying attention to the real estate deals that have actually been going on behind the scenes. With Kushner's father, Jared Kushner, Ben Solomon tells everybody, I have Kushner in my pocket. Oh, I was all over the news this week. But then on top of it, I explained all of how everything that just happened, the biggest news story nobody was talking about when Jared Kushner got busted and his daddy got busted with everything that was going on with Cutter and how they caused that whole thing. But everything I kind of pointed out to everybody a couple weeks later in the news, guess what? I'd go back and listen to that episode because they've now proven it all. The whole big ordeal in the Middle East happening with Saudi Arabia and all of that is connected. Now, we all heard about how the nuclear comments came out of his mouth, the nuclear power plants. Something, once again, a little sideline that caught my attention. Pakistani news sources this week made comments about Mohammed bin Salman and his staff having meetings to Pakistanis. That might, might, might make sense at first until you understand what was going on when their nuclear program was going on and the man with the last name of Khan, K-H-A-N, well, on top of it, he was handing out nuclear secrets to everybody under the sun. The United States government knew about this. Point being, what was Saudi Arabia doing talking to Pakistan as we're getting ready to build those nuclear power plants? You see, it might have looked like everything was going to be peachy keen, but now that that's come into the equation, nobody in the American news is talking about this. We might want to keep a closer eye on this because, look, folks, last year during those talks, when our administration went out to the Middle East, sat down with the entire Gulf Cooperation Organization, basically all the Gulf nations out in the Middle East, five minutes later, the Qatar crisis broke out. But do not forget that billions upon billions upon billions of dollars were signed in arms deals were signed with all those nations. And that's what the big picture that Trump was holding up, bragging about just what was bought by Saudi Arabia. Okay, but they don't mention all the real estate deals behind the scenes. They don't mention Jared Kushner's role within the settler movement and how much money he stuck into all of that in the West Bank. They always just kind of gloss over these things. But he's armed. Sworn enemies of Israel to the teeth. People, do you not understand how even Saad was placed and why he was placed? Okay, folks, they were desert warlords. Look into the Philbies. You'll find his son, he's famous because he was one of the first spies that was busted being a dual agent in the Cold War. He was working as MI6. He was in America. Turned out he was also working with Russia. His daddy was the one that set everything in motion with Ibn Saddam, placed him in power in Saudi Arabia. 
He placed them there for one purpose only, and that was to stop Israel from becoming a nation after the Balfour Declaration, okay, in tandem with, you see, they were working in tandem with Nazi Germany. And the right wing in the United States, folks, they've been doing these kind of ploys in the midst of this the whole time. And all of a sudden, here we are moving the embassy on what? The 70th year anniversary. Folks, do you have any idea what's about to play out right in front of your eyes? It's like I said, the amount of things that transpired in this week alone that are a direct fulfillment of prophecy is quite staggering, and there's no way I could have ever even come close to covering it. You see, I kept a track of all of it on the place where I put my news. You'll really begin to get bothered after a while. You know, so I kind of gave you a synopsis, a paraphrase. It's not really the time left for me to go into much more. So we're down to that wire. So I'm going to hand it back over to everybody else here. Well, Brian, (laughs) what a whopping broadcast this has been. We're already seven minutes into overdrive. I guess we better... Make our final declarations and uh, be on our merry way. (laughs) Clinton, your closing comments, please. And uh, don't forget to hand out your web information, contact information, whatever you see fit, please. You know, everyone, thank you so much for your support. Um, I mean, it's a pleasure to be here and to to talk with you about everything that's going on. And, you know, just... uh, Make sure to look up and and, uh, remember why it's important to watch what's going on. If you want to know more about me, you can go on my website, clintoncowatch.com, or you can follow me on uh, Twitter. Um, My handle is just at clintoncowatch, where I post all the news articles that we talk about, and I do uh, live tweet during the broadcast as well. So thank you very much, and may God guide you on your journey. Brian, closing thoughts, websites, contact information, please. Closing thoughts. I think I said more than enough already. Contact information, well, I've given it out many times. Those that need to find me know how to find me. Otherwise, if you want to keep up bare minimum on the news, over at Attention Show on Twitter, Thanks for joining us. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I strongly suggest you at least take a gander at what we talked about here tonight. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.